Now we come to one of my favorite topics in the world of microfamous, which is ideal clients. What makes someone an ideal client? Now, for a lot of companies, the standard is pretty simple and clear. An ideal client is someone who's willing and enthusiastic to buy. If they show up with a check, they've got my business, right? And as thought leaders, we often take the same approach when selling our services. We'll basically take a check from anyone who's willing and enthusiastic to work with us. And then we'll roll up our sleeves and we get to work and we attempt to generate the results that we promise. And since most of us can't do everything for our clients, we need them to take action to get results. On top of that, we probably need them to take consistent action over time to get the best results. This is true whether you're a coach, consultant, or even if you're an author, speaker who shows up and delivers a keynote, right? In order for them to actually get results from what you said, they can't just walk out of that building and never take action, right? So even if you're just a speaker and your main customer is not the audience, it's the event organizer who hires you, they're looking at what people are saying and the experiences and the results they're getting from what you're saying and the, and the results they can picture getting from taking action. So if you're in the service business, especially, and no matter how willing and enthusiastic clients are when they first sign up, enthusiasm fades at some point. And when that happens, clients get distracted and maybe even discouraged. They start dragging their feet. They bring up other strategies. They question your methods. They're looking at ways to get around the work that's, that it takes to get the best results. And then hit us, you know, maybe they weren't the right people. Maybe we were just enthusiastic when we first signed them up, right? Because they aren't taking the necessary action. We can't get them the best results and we can't get them the best results. We don't make the impact on the world that we want to make. So for most of us, an ideal client is more than just someone willing and enthusiastic to buy. We actually need our clients to take consistent action over time to get the best results. We must do more than simply sign up anyone who's willing to pay. So what I'm arguing for here is to set a new standard. An ideal client is a client we love long after we get paid. And we know it's possible because it's happened to all of us at some point, right? Someone shows up on our doorstep. They're already moving in the right direction. They already believe in our clear and compelling idea. They already believe we have the best solution to their problem. They believe the solution is worth more than the asking price. And they believe that now is the time to ask. So guess what? The sales process moves smoothly. We sign them up with a lot less effort. It takes less persuasion. After they pay, the client relationship moves faster, smoother, easier. And because they already believe in our solution, they take action and get the results that we promise. So we get all the fulfillment and satisfaction from the impact we've made. They're excited and energized by the results. And it's a, a great win-win situation. That's what it's like when we work with an ideal client. So what is it at the heart of it that separates an ideal client from those that are just willing and enthusiastic to buy? Beliefs. And that's a really strong statement and everyone might not agree and that's okay. So I just want to look at the evidence starting with a couple of real world examples. So let's say you offer business coaching. You believe you can help your clients double their business in 18 months. It's what you promise. You, you know by experience you can deliver those results. But what if your client believes that if they actually doubled their business, their workload would also double? What if they believe that if they doubled their business, they'd never see their family, never hit the gym, never have free time. So they have this internal belief that doubling their business will double their workload, right? Can you see how that belief is going to affect the client relationship? If you've ever been in coaching, you know exactly how this goes down. They, they don't raise their performance to hit their goals, right? They waffle on the changes that they need to make, or they fudge their numbers, they hide from analyzing their failures. In other words, they resist the very changes that would actually double their business, all because they believe something different. And we see the same thing happen in higher level consulting. We see the same thing happen in, in speaking engagements when people walk out the door and they think that sounds great, that's, gonna, that's awesome, I'm going to do that, and then they never take action.
action. It's all rooted in their belief system, right? So we can take the same expertise, the same insight, the same systems and strategies and get wildly different results all based on our clients' beliefs, right? But in all of this, there's good news, right? We as the thought leader are not powerless. We can raise the standard for clients and we can attract clients we love by the content we put into the world. And when we have a crafted, compelling point of view capped off by a clear and compelling idea, it makes that a lot easier. We can raise the standard for clients. We can set the standard that we want to work with clients that we love long after we've cashed their check. And that all stems from having a clear and compelling idea backed up by a crafted, compelling point of view that is rooted in a real belief system that people can agree with us on. 